July 13th, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who push the truth away from themselves. For the truth about God is known to them instinctively. God has put this knowledge in their hearts. From the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky and all that God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. The result was that their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they became utter fools instead. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people, or birds and animals and snakes. So God let them go ahead and do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Instead of believing what they knew was the truth about God, they deliberately chose to believe lies. So they worshipped the things God made but not the Creator Himself, who is to be praised forever. Amen. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex, and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result, suffered within themselves the penalty they so richly deserved. When they refused to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their evil minds and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, fighting, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They are forever inventing new ways of sinning and are disobedient to their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, and are heartless and unforgiving. They are fully aware of God's death penalty for those who do these things, yet they go right ahead and do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Message title is, For God So Loved the World. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, there is one verse of scripture that will always be the nail in a sense in my heart that keeps me understanding the love of God it keeps my focus in perspective as to why I'm here what is the message what is the most profound message of God that can be preached in any pulpit to any heart at any time John chapter 3 and verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light, 
and neither comes to the light lest his deeds should be reproved, or that means discovered. But he that does truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. There is a day coming when every person ever created in the image of God is going to be resurrected from the dead. And those who are still living will also be gathered together and there will be a judgment time. There will be a time that you and I, every person ever born, stands before the throne of God. Don't forget this is coming. Don't forget this is a day that is still ahead of us. Every knee will bow. Hitler's knee will bow. Attila the Hun will bow. Some of the most ruthless characters of all time, they will bend their knee and their tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Many, many people will be looking at that moment for an opportunity. The passage in John chapter 3 tells us why. It says light came into the world. Light being everything that man needs to be regenerated, brought back into right relationship with God. A pathway that God himself sets before you and I and says, this is the way, walk in it. And Jesus said, light came into the world, but they wouldn't come to this light because their deeds were evil. Now, they may not have seen them as evil. They may have justified their deeds. They may have felt that their deeds were excusable, perhaps in the light of the way that the rest of society is living. And one of the most tragic mistakes that you and I can make is judging our, our own righteousness, in a sense, or our own right way of living by the standard of what's going on in the world. Folks, that's not the standard. The standard is Christ. The standard is this Word of God. It doesn't matter if you come to church. Coming to church is, is one thing, but coming to Christ is what it's all about. Coming to the throne of God now, not waiting for a day when it's too late. Ultimately, those that reject light have rejected the love of God. Now, I'm, I'm going to try today to describe the love of God. But you have to understand where I'm coming from. I don't think there's a person alive that can fully describe the love of God. When we get to heaven and finally see the great distance that God bridged through his son when he became a man, how even our best intentions apart from God were filthy rags, as Isaiah said, in the sight of God. When we finally understand that even our, our best efforts at decent speech, I'm a man of unclean lips and we're a people of unclean lips. When we finally see the Lord in His holiness, we finally understand the incredible gap bridged between God and man. The only answer that you and I will ever have is, God, you so love the world. Why else, holy and infinite God, would you have come down into the earth and let fallen creation spit in your face and let them slap you and let them scourge you and let them mock you? on a cross when it was within your power to destroy it all and recreate it again in your image. God could have at any moment said enough of this and just annihilated everything. The only reason he didn't do it, folks, is for love, because he loved you. From before the foundation of the world, the scripture says he loved you. He saw you. The greatest news that you will ever hear is that you can touch God today. The devil would try to tell you, you can't come to God, he's holy and you're not. But there's a people in every generation that say, no, I might be condemned, I might have been cast out, I might feel defiled. But I hear something in his voice calling me. I hear something when he stood and said, if anyone thirsts, 
If you've not been satisfied, if you've not found what you're looking for, even in religious traditions all around you, come to me and drink. Who believes on me, said out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. Not just will you be satisfied, but you will become a vessel through which others will begin to hear the word of God. And it doesn't mean we forsake truth. It doesn't mean we stick our heads in the sand and pretend we're not facing judgment. No, it means that God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the word. That is the message. That is the call of God's love. Today, we're reading in Psalm chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. And we have some questions here. First of all, does God hide? Why do the wicked prosper, it asks? That's a perennial question that uh, God's people ask. As they consider the suffering of the godly and the security of the ungodly, they feel that God has forgotten and forsaken his own people. He is hiding. Next question, does God hear? Well, note the repetition of... He has said in his heart, God hears what the ungodly say and does not approve of their pride and rebellion. The ungodly announces, I shall not be moved. God does not see what I do. Even if he does, he will never judge me. Boy, what incredible arrogance, huh? And the final question is, does God help? Well, of course he does. He sees the trouble of his people, feels their grief, and helps them in the right way at the right time. After all, the Lord is king. It may look as though the ungodly are winning the day, but I guarantee you the Lord will triumph in the end. Psalm 10, verses 1 through 15. O Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I need you the most? Proud and wicked people viciously oppress the poor. Let them be caught in the evil they plan for others. For they brag about their evil desires. They praise the greedy and curse the Lord. These wicked people are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead, yet they succeed in everything they do. They do not see your punishment awaiting them. They pour scorn on all their enemies. They say to themselves, Nothing bad will ever happen to us. We will be free of trouble forever. Their mouths are full of cursing, lies, and threats. Trouble and evil are on the tips of their tongues. They lurk in dark valleys, murdering the innocent who pass by. They're always searching for some helpless victim. Like lions, they crouch silently, waiting to pounce on the helpless. Like hunters, they capture their victims and drag them away in nets. The helpless are overwhelmed and collapse. They fall beneath the strength of the wicked. The wicked say to themselves, God isn't watching. He will never notice. Arise, O Lord, punish the wicked, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why do the wicked get away with cursing God? How can they think God will never call us to account? But you do see the trouble and grief they cause. You take note of it and punish them. The helpless put their trust in you. 
You are the defender of orphans. Break the arms of these wicked, evil people. Go after them until the last one is destroyed. Proverbs 19, verses 6 and 7. Many beg favors from a prince. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. If the relatives of the poor despise them, how much more will their friends avoid them? The poor call after them, but they are gone.